0: Let's take the idea of a phone. So now we're having something as powerful as cocaine or alcohol. Would you give your three-year-old or four-year-old child alcohol or cocaine? But how many people give them a phone or an iPad to pacify them?
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself, another episode on the way. Gonna be a really, really good one. Before we jump into it, I want to bring a lot of love and gratitude to today, to the moment, to this now moment. The only reality coming in this human experience is from the now moment. So please bring attention to the most valuable resource you can possibly have, and it's your presence. Be present today as much as you can in the moment when you wash the dishes, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're combing your hair, when you're making your bed. Be as present as you can and be in that moment with whatever you're doing. You'll feel a lot better. Your nervous system will thank you. That's a quick little tip for today, but check it out. Today's show is going to be so good. We're going to talk about the newest study that was published and all over the internet, microplastics found in human blood. It's going to be really, really good. I have a lot to say about this. I'm going to talk about what the study said, uh, where microplastics are found, what are the effects not only to ourselves, but environmentally, what are the top sources of microplastics for us, and then ultimately what we can do about it. Also, super special guest, Wade Lightheart is here from BioOptimizers. He is a fantastic mind when it comes to all things health. This guy's an OG. He's been at it for so long. He's seen everything from health and wellness, muscle and fitness, and now he's going to come today to talk about how the advent of technology and where it's going is affecting us and our children, our brains, our nervous system, our relation to ourselves and others. And he's so well-versed in this stuff, so I can't wait to really bring the idea that maybe our cell phones, as much as they're doing well for us and improving humanity, they're also on the other side having a dark shadow part, which you really, really need to bring light on in order to have a better relationship with it. So Wade will be on the show for a guest interview. But without further ado, let's get to this knowledge bomb. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of you might have seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alaturia Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. Our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big. big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula, Packed with antioxidants that have been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic. One of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy-boosting, liver-supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. Microplastics found in human blood. This was just published on March 24th of this year. And the name of the article was Discovery and Quantification of Plastic Particle Pollution in Human Blood and by Heather Leslie and her team. Now, this study was the first of its kind to find microplastics in human blood. Now, we previously detected it in feces and placental tissue of humans, and we found that plastics bioaccumulated in the liver, kidney, and gut of mice. But now, microplastics in the blood have a serious implication to human health. So how's it getting into our bodies? Well, mostly through ingestion and inhalation from air, water, food, and personal care products. I've been saying this for a while. Now stay tuned later in this episode, I'm gonna give you the top sources of microplastics. Now these are an issue for adults and children alike. These microplastics contain BPA and phthalates. Microplastics in the blood are going to cause an inflammatory response to the immune system. Now this is gonna be a source of chronic inflammation because you have a sustained antigen in the system. And this is going to lead to diseases of the immune system like autoimmune disease. But we also know plastics mimic estrogen. So they're gonna wreak havoc on hormones. You're gonna see estrogen dominance, more of it in women. Increased estrogen, lower testosterone in men, fellas. It's gonna affect fertility from low libido to getting pregnant, and it's gonna affect the brain. The chemicals and microplastics are neurotoxicants. Even at low doses, you're going to see changes in the brain's microstructure, and that's going to lead to developmental and behavioral issues in children, and we're also gonna see increased risks of brain cancer breast cancer, and prostate cancer. They're also connected to increased blood pressure, type two diabetes, and the number one killer, heart disease. Now this study in itself was a small study. There was 10 volunteers. We obviously need to see larger studies, but boy oh boy, if this is a reflection of the larger population, we have a big issue in our hands. If only 10 volunteers are showing microplastics in the blood, I'm very curious to see what 1,000 volunteers show. All right, so before we move further, what are microplastics? They're plastic fragments of a certain size. It's five millimeters and below. Now it's a major threat to our oceans and humanity. Why? Because they're everywhere. They take 450 to 1,000 years to break down. Animals suffer, humans suffer, the environment suffers. As per the article, Microplastic Pollution in Seawater and Marine Organisms Across the Tropical Eastern Pacific and Galapagos, it's a long name of an article, but that's the article. It's a fantastic article by David Nunez and his team. and it is quoted that microplastic contamination now appears as one of the world's environmental main concerns. Right? They explain that there are high amounts of microplastics found in coastal cities, ports, anywhere where there's shipping activities, coastal landfills, and coastal dumping sites. Once plastic debris go into the ocean, they break down into microplastics by photolytic, right, from the light, mechanical, and biological degradation. So over time, these plastics are releasing microplastics that are having a really, really pronounced effect on the environment. According to the UN, there are as many as 51 trillion microplastic particles in the environment right now. So primarily, where are we seeing them coming from? So the main sources that we're gonna see microplastics are the laundering of synthetic clothes. Yes, synthetic clothes that we're washing. We're gonna get 35% of those primary microplastics into the ocean then through the abrasion of tires, through driving, that's 28%, and then intentionally added microplastics in personal care, for example, microbeads and facial scrubs, that's about 2%. Those are the primary sources. Now, secondary sources, which make up 69 to 81% of microplastics in the oceans, are from plastic bags, plastic bottles, fishing nets, right, larger pieces. Now, we're seeing these microplastics not only hanging out on the top of the ocean, but They're all the way down in the sediment of the seafloor, right? We learn about in this article that 60% of all plastic items produced are less dense than seawater, right? So some are going to be on the surface floating, and some of them are going to be at the bottom of the ocean. And I'll attach a beautiful picture by David Litschwager of National Geographic. It's a picture where you see a fish. It's a sample from, I believe, the Hawaiian coast, a sample of a picture of a fish uh, and we see plastic all over the fish's environment. It's actually a picture of plastic suspended in a matrix where there happens to be a fish more than where the fish is supposed to belong in the ocean. So in this picture, you'll see a living organism tangled in microplastics. And that is a microcosm of the whole ocean. But now on to human health, right? We found and I mentioned that we see it in feces, placenta, animal organs, and now in human blood. How are microplastics getting into our system, right? So the top places that microplastics are found in no particular order, cosmetics, right? From makeups to sunscreen, microfiber clothing and materials, right? Pay attention to this one. Face masks, COVID face masks that we're using are medical face masks, right? We're also seeing it in things like toothpaste, lip gloss, dental polymers, Fragments of polymeric implants, polymeric drug delivery nanoparticles, tattoo ink residues. That's how they're getting in our system, but also food, right? Things like salt, things like tea, the tea bags that are made out of plastic, major source of microplastics in the body. Rice, beer, honey. Is it a surprise? Tap water. And the least surprising of all, fish. In this article, it's quoted that, In the present study, microplastic contamination and consumption by marine organisms were reported through quantification of microplastic particles in the digestive tract of 240 marine organisms of human consumption, including fish, cephalopod mollusks, and crustaceans. Microplastic fragments were detected in 166 out of the 240 specimens, 69%, from the 16 different species analyzed. Moreover, microplastic particles were found in 149, 71% of the 210 fish from 14 different species. The value is higher than those previously reported, which allows to conclude that microplastic debris in the form of fish feed may accumulate over time and space. We suspect that the value may have considerably increased during the last year. As a direct consequence, to the massive plastic litter produced and discarded in the environment through the COVID-19 pandemic. Incredible. We've seen a boom in the ingestion of microplastics going into fish of which we are eating because of the increase in masks that we're using. So you're gonna be exposed to microplastics. They are everywhere. We're breathing them in, we're eating them. They're touching our skin. They won't be coming dermally, but if we do have a cut, that opens a space for it. But really it's ingestion and inhalation. Now, I want to bring this to your attention. The worst plastic polluters in the industry are Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, Nestle, Dannon, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, and Colgate-Palmolive. So I wanna bring awareness to this. If you are supporting this company or I want you to Google the companies or companies that are owned by the industry, You can find it, like smaller companies that are owned by Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, Nestle, who are in their portfolios. You'll see that a lot of companies you had no idea are connected to these big plastic polluters. So first and foremost, think about who you're supporting. Also, reducing fish intake, reducing or paying attention to where your cosmetics are coming from. Do they have microplastic? Do they have purposeful abrasives? Are any of the microfibers that you're using, do you use microfibers? Anything that is used with beads or abrasives need to leave, don't support those. Also, uh, bringing awareness to things that are in plastic in your home. Even if you're using facial scrubs, exfoliants, are they natural exfoliants versus plastic bead exfoliants and are they in a plastic bottle or a glass bottle? So starting to bring your habits into the awareness is gonna make a big change, staying away from plastic, reducing it, not supporting the plastic polluters, big thing. Now for you, overall, think about your modes of detoxification. These are called Your liver, your kidney, your poop, major ones. The breath is not gonna get rid of plastics. The urine will get rid of BPA. That's where we see BPA. So increasing urine and sweat most likely will not. Uh, So really we have to think about supporting the liver, the kidney, pooping, and flushing uh, the kidneys to pee. So think about liver, and this isn't medical advice, ask your doctor before taking any of these, but things like milk thistle, turmeric, dandelion, burdock root, schizandra, turkey tail mushrooms, these are really supportive herbs for the liver that you can be ingesting every single day as a tea, as a tincture, through food, all of the fruits and vegetables, colors of the rainbow, are all gonna support your liver to basically build up its resilience towards this array of microplastic, this wave that is coming into our body, which now we find in the blood, which is crazy. What about your kidney? Things like aloe, capsicum, right, that's cayenne, comfrey, dandelion, licorice, horsetail, noni juice, stinging nettles, parsley root, rhubarb, java tea leaf, juniper, these are great herbs that are gonna help support your kidney and help flush them along with drinking a lot of water. One thing that I use is I uh, I use hot water and I put a little lemon in it, and then I'll put in a tincture to support my kidney every morning to flush it out. That is really, really important so you're cleaning out that urinary tract right? And you're moving those water-soluble toxins like BPA out of the body. So once your liver and your kidney are optimized, now you're building your resiliency to all of this stuff. And you got to make sure you're pooping. If you are not having bowel movements every single day, it's a problem, right? Because a lot of these microplastics are going to be coming out of your bowels, right? So you have to make sure you're supporting your gut with fiber with good quality fermented prebiotic and probiotic foods. Make sure you're moving. Make sure you're walking after eating. Make sure you're reducing stress levels. And uh, yeah, if if you are not going to the bathroom, it's a major issue. Not only just in releasing microplastics, but overall when it comes to your hormone balance. And hormones are going to be the number one thing that are affected by these microplastics. So if you aren't going to the bathroom every single day, it would be put it on the top of your list to really work on your gut health. So you're moving it. All right, so there you have it. We found microplastics in the human blood. Am I surprised? No. Am I saddened? Yes, absolutely. Uh, The negligence that we have towards humanity, the separation that we feel towards our environment is egregious. And if we took a little bit of responsibility and foresight of seeing where we're going with this, not only for our health, our children's health, but really the world we live in, we would immediately immediately stop but it's up to us to make those changes so by healing yourself you start healing others and you start healing the world so make the move for yourself start teaching others tell people send them this podcast if you heard about this or if you think that this can benefit people because microplastics are going to be a major major issue in the next 10-15 years mark my word for it i'm saying it right now all right without further ado let us get weighed on i'm excited to talk about technology. Are you using your phone? How often are you using your phone? Is it affecting your mental health? What about brain health? What about body? What about hormones? We're going all into it about the advent of technology and your health. Check it out. Hey, all right, everyone. Today's special guest, Wade Lightheart. Check this out. He's the co-founder and president of BioOptimizers, and you might have heard that name because I'm always talking about it on every show because I love their products. But now I got the man, the myth, the legend on the show sitting next to me It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience approved is not only delicious, They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication is my favorite is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand, coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy, boosting compounds with every sip. drg for 30 percent off of your first purchase that is p-u-r-i-t-y c-o-f-f-e-e dot and use the code drg for 30 percent off of your order you know living a long life is great it is we all want to live longer but what's even better is living those years in good health right free of the chronic diseases and the ailments unfortunately for many the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide and we spent our last years ill not enjoying our life to the fullest and that's why i'm always into research but what sets Momentus apart from the rest is it's clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, And we and we could talk about anything. We have full permission, right? Yeah, anything. So I love it. I, I love that you're on the show, man, because uh, it's not often we get to have uh, someone who sponsors the show, but comes in, sits with us, sits with us, and just really, just like, is so all about it, man. You got. Your own bio optimizer hat, man. You live by optimizers yeah, yeah, It's it's because I'm, my hair is receding, man. Right? So, <laughs> uh, you know, you, as you get older,
0: you try to hide these things. So I got a hat. And, I see you. You know, so we had to make these hats to so they work out.
1: <laughs> now I remember. I remember we spoke first time last year, way before uh, you, yep. you guys even came on on the show. And uh, you're super passionate about your work, man. And it's oh, like yeah. this is your lifeblood. One hundred percent. And you know, a lot of people when they they co-found a company or found a company, they have a whole team who just have it running like an engine, right? And, th- and then you kind of step away and do other things. Not you, man, you're there every day getting your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. What's What's the reason you feel so connected to your, to your service? Yeah, I think
0: it's the same for both Matt, my business partner, and myself. And that is we were, um, we grew up in kind of a low, I call it tar paper shack, Canada, uh, in the, the most unfit, most en- uneducated, lowest economic status in all of Canada, mm. in rural areas, and so there's a lot of disempowering belief systems that are come part and partial from that. And I, I, I'm not a, I'm not someone who ascribes to victimology. Um, I think bad things happen to everybody in life, and and it's not that there isn't victims, but. I think it's important to recognize that identifying with that kind of mentality is not gonna change your life. You're always giving your power away to someone to fix it or someone to validate it or someone to pay restitution. Like you go to Las Vegas, you say like, there's all these like, are you injured? You know, because there's all these big companies that people are trying to take at. And so I got into self-development and bodybuilding early in life and I was reading had a difficult period of my life in teenagers. My sister was dying of cancer. My parents were evaluated. I was living in a very rural situation. And I discovered Arnold Schwarzenegger in his book, Education of a Bodybuilder. And inside that book, he says, hard work, self discipline, and a positive attitude. And you can have all this. I'm sorry. You know, at the time, he's the biggest movie star in the world. He's won all these Mr. Universe, Mr. Olympia. He's married to Ken. Like, he's living life large in yeah. this kind of Far away place that you never get to, which is called California. (laughs) Right from where I'm from, like I'm as far away from that as you can get, both psychologically, geom, like it's just not Mm going to happen. And those three things I started to incorporate in my life. Um, Literally living in the middle of the woods, five miles from a nearest neighborhood, a dirt road, building a barn in my gym. I built a gym, or gym in my barn. And I started training, and I started following this. So he became a, a mentor, and then the people in the bodybuilding world and the advocates became mentors. I came down here when I was 22, met Joe Gold. He gave me some interesting advice, told me I didn't need to be here. I was broke, kid, didn't know what was going on. I up my career <clears throat> and wound up becoming a personal trainer. And that's where Matt and I got connected. But the beauty of being a personal trainer you know, I'd won a bunch of competitions and people looked at me from a physique standpoint and said, obviously he has authority in this, so I want him to coach me to show you how I can get in shape or how I can get fit. And what was interesting is most of those people were affluent people who were accomplished in other areas of their life, but recognized they had a deficiency and wanted to address that. And so they sought out someone who could help solve their problem. So there was a two things, one, they were an empowered person, but two, they had the humility to recognize where they weren't producing where they wanted and they went out and found someone who was willing to spend time. And what was awesome about that for me is I got to spend time with people that I would admire or that you could not get access to. Mm. And from that, I learned a tremendous amount of information and I really enjoyed personal training because I loved seeing the transformation of the individual. I yeah. loved seeing them going from something where they were struggling to something that they produced results, to, a, to they produced competency till they produced excellence. They literally went from sick to superhuman. And I got good at identifying what that was in the person, how to craft a pathway for them to go in that direction, and what were the signposts and patterns and habits. And I got so much joy out of seeing people transform and their lives transform. And many of my my closest friends to the day, to to this day, are when I was in Vancouver and kind of hitting my stride in that industry they were some of my first clients that I went through that journey, mm. and I've never forgot that. And with Bioptimizers, I folk Matt, who is the I would say the marketing and business genius behind that. I think he's brought 132 products to market. He's done over twenty thousand A B split marketing tests. Frankly, I'm not interested in much of that stuff. I'm interested when I see you know this many thousands of packages went out. I'm looking at, that's that's that many thousands of people, Mm -hmm. customers, families, lifestyles, problems, solutions. And I wanna concentrate on how do I I create a culture that addresses the personality behind that product? That person bought that because they're suffering or they wanna achieve something and they're entrusting me with their dollars, their hard-earned money, To help them solve that problem. Just like somebody walking into that gym and they're struggling with something and they're trusting me. Mm -hmm. And I never want to breach that trust. And so I love being part of that. Even though I don't always interact with the individual, I tried to create a culture that those same values are transmitted through our our sales team, through our customer service team. We're one of the few online companies that have uh, an extensive customer service component, which I interact with each and every week to educate them and to find out what are the needs of our customers? Are we servicing them in a way that makes them feel good and
1: solves their problems? Mm. And, and you're involved, reading the testimonials, making sure you know what read people everyone. are loving, how to bring it, what, what, what when needs to shift. Yeah, and the complaints. All when of needs to, That's amazing because we don't find people who work within our company. I mean, at least uh, later on, early on, maybe everyone's involved, but then later on, you said how many, 11 years? 18. 18 years, right? So, yeah. I mean, still after 18 years, man, you're getting your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. The, and I see the similarity between your training days into the value that you see in being entrusted. Mm-hmm. Um, has, has that been a, a quality of yours that you've had all your life, even when living in that part of rural Canada, that uh, your, your passion for having someone entrusted in you is, is something that's very sacred to you?
0: Absolutely. So, when you're from a small community um, like I was, there's no way of uh, escaping your reputation. So, for example, if you're a mechanic in a town, and uh, there's only a, th- a thousand people in that town, 1,500 people, maybe less, everybody knows if you are a good mechanic or a bad mechanic. There's no hiding it. Mm-hmm. If you're a plumber or you're a teacher or whatever, it's not like a big city where you can kind of just move on in a transitory thing, and you can keep faking your way through life and yeah. you know doing on instant transactions. In those communities, you have to learn to deal with people that you don't like or don't resonate with. You have to learn with, uh, there's accountability to who you are and what you do and there's also a connection to it cuz in many ways small communities work better than large ones because there's a community aspect mm-hmm. and so i think that being from that situation integrated that just into my perception of the world so it's it's you know I, I, you can't really escape as they say you you can take uh, you can take the small town person t- out of the small town but you can't take the small t- town person out of that person. Yeah. And so I think I have resonated with that and, and, and I, I like that. I, I love the social side of that even though I wanted the opportunities of, a, of a, a bigger life and a bigger city, my parents still live in that same small town. I go visit them, I, you know, I see the workings of it and uh, I respect that. And when I think of people who work within my company, well, that's a very small community of people that work right. within my company. So how do I cultivate that village-like atmosphere there? And then how do we extend that same relationship with our clients, which is another, it's a little bit larger town, you know, but it's the same thing.
1: You, and, and you mentioned community, and that being one of the major pillars for health um, that I speak about often. Uh, you being in the small town, you had a very different perspective of community than me growing up in New York, you know? Correct. And you're right, like, you kind of, can be different people at any given point. No one really knows you. But, right. but everyone hears about everything in a small town. But what role does community play uh, for you, and what are the major values for someone listening or viewing who goes, I have no community. How do I even foster community? And, and like, I feel lonely, because you know social isolation is, is really, really hurting a lot of us to the, to the deepest parts. Uh, but how have you found community has helped you, and how, did you, how do you foster a good community?
0: yeah that's that's a question that I think about a lot actually, because I deal, you know, I have a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, millennials and younger working with the company who've grown up in what I call the most connected, disconnected word of all time. In other words, you got a phone, you got a text message, you got things. There's a continuous competition for what I should do next and massive anxiety about FOMO, what am I missing out on? So when I was a kid, and I'm gonna come full circle on, when I was a kid, you said to your friends, hey, Friday night, seven o'clock is the dance or it's the hockey practice or whatever it happens to be, and you show up, there's no answering machines, there's no text message, there's no email, there's no internet. You, you, you find out about things six months after it happened in a magazine or whatever. <laughs> you're <laughs> We're living in a completely different world, but you had to operate from what you said was going to... And if you didn't show up on Friday night at 7 o'clock, that was a problem. Today, that same 7 o'clock on Friday, you've got approximately four, 5,000 micro decisions that you got to compare whether you're still going to show up on that Friday night. And what happens is that leads to little breakages of trust between those amount to you. So you're constantly trying to reestablish who's on my team, who's on my, who's in my corner. And I believe that one of the best answers to that is discovering what your passion is. So maybe you're an artist, maybe you're into martial arts, maybe you're into music, whatever that, area is you need to gather around a group of people who are committed to that with you. And that's gonna take a little bit of finding and then build a community out of that because communities are built out of shared values and out of um, also maybe shared intentions or shared outcomes. And humans evolved as a weak animal to communicate and to socialize in groups that was our survival mechanism, you know, like 70, 80, no more than 150 people in a tribal thing. And so everybody had to move to a unit. So that's built into our, our, our processing, emotional, psychological communication system. Now that we've expanded to, you're literally connected with everybody, there's a loss of a certain level of privacy and there's a lack of recognition for who you are in the community. So if you're that good mechanic in the community, everybody knows, hey, you know what? You know, I had a guy, we knew a guy in our town, his name was Ivan, he ran the Irving, but he was a great machinist. If you had a part in that town that was not right, you just went over to Ivan, said, hey, I need this part. Ivan says, yeah, give me 20 bucks, I'll make it. And he watched him make it. So everybody for miles around knew this guy that could do this. And I think one of the things that ensures a secure feeling for someone is to know a guy or to be a girl who is able to demonstrate proficiency in something. And that proficiency is trusted. And, and then you become a valuable member of that community. And I think today that's been unfortunately eroded away with the, with the technological world. So you've really got to take time to work, work on that. And if you are an online person, I would suggest moving out of the city and moving to a more rural place where you can get integrated in that. And it's gonna be uncomfortable at first, but it's gonna be rewarding on another
1: level. Mm-hmm. And, and I can attest to that, because I am an online person, and I'm in right, right near you, right in Venice, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it, sometimes it's a lot, especially for the nervous system. But one thing that you said that really resonated is that in a tribe, everyone had specific roles. And they were looked to for those specific roles, Correct. right? The shamanic healer, the the hunter, the forager, the cook, everyone, the 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 medicine man, and we it builds a confidence in yourself too. And you, that's what you said. You know your place in the tribe. That's right. But then, when our tribe becomes a thousand people on Instagram or Facebook, like what, what is your place other than just you know, part of a community but doesn't have real roots, but what does it mean to be in that community, but who are you within the context of other people? That's why I believe so much in this, you know? The visual, the face-to-face, the energy. Um, Have you found, and speaking about uh, social media and phones, and you working with a lot of millennials, have you found uh, a major gap in not only attention, but also just overall nervous system activation in the
0: generations? I really, I'm really concerned about our younger generation today. And I think that with all of the wonderful developments in technology, and I certainly don't want to discount those advances, I think they've come at the expense of younger people today. So we live in an interesting time in the world in that our government systems are run primarily of baby boomers who took advantage of the maybe the greatest period of economic growth in the history of the planet. And they're at a decision. And this last, this last um, issue with the pandemic is a classic example. You had people in the high risk area working to protect themselves as the older population of the world at the expense of the younger people of the generation. And that is never been the case in human history. You're always trying to look care- forward to your young. They've profited from technological innovation and the addictive nature of these technologies at the expense of the psychological and emotional health of those individuals and for these, Young folks, they've never grown up in an environment like I grew up in. They don't know what it's like not to have a GPS. You know, I had a friend of mine who, his kid, he was telling his kid, like, the power went out at their place. And he said to his kids, he's like, the internet was, out." and they're like, yeah, this is what it was like when I was a kid, when there, th- we didn't have internet. And his kids looked at him and said, dad, there's always been the internet because it always has been there. And so you have that hyper-connectivity on a surface level, but a lack of depth. And when you find the depth of connection, this is what gives value and meaning to one's life. And that's uncomfortable. There's vulnerabilities, there's there's fail points on yourself. And I think what a, a lot of very competent young people that come into our business. And I love that. And one of the things I wanna create, and we work really hard on doing in our company, is creating a culture where they're they're seen, they're valued, they're recognized by their peers. They're also able to take ownership for maybe mistakes they made, but they're not taken as a, hey, you're bad. It's like, hey, this is a learning experience. Like we're invested in you and you're invested in us. And by understanding that, we start to create a safety valve for them where they belong to something. So it becomes a small tribe that they now belong to. And that tribe offers safety, not stress. So it takes them out of that low connection. It's like, hey, you know what? You screwed up this week, what did we learn? Big deal, you made a mistake, so what? You're okay. But the wrong mistake in social media, you're a young kid, you say the wrong thing or whatever, you're canceled and blacklisted and there's this condemnation that comes on you for the mistakes that you might make, which is, mm-hmm ordinary part of, you know, development, that's a huge amount of anxiety. So we have this whole era of virtue signaling to try and make sure that I position myself in a way. And, and to me, that's just, that's just a symptom of a high level of anxiety of, of super connectivity.
1: Mm-hmm, it, which is, and that's what it is. Super connectivity, no depth. And it's what I find it, it's become more difficult even for me, who didn't grow up on internet or until like high school, um, to remember what it's like to have deeper conversations more often, whereas I'm used to very superficial, responding to people, chatting very quickly. Um, and that's been a side effect of what's, what's been happening. So now it's taken more intention to be like, okay, and even having the blessing of the show where I could sit with people and really talk, it's the check-in that I have per week, but if I didn't have it, man, I can't imagine what children today are. They're just hyper-connected and, and increases in anxiety, mm-hmm. increases in suicidality and suicide, mm-hmm. all because when we're developing, we're so sensitive and we're hyper-exposed to all of this stimulus, man. And our nervous systems are a mess.
0: <laughs> I believe that is absolutely true. So it's an evolutionary um, shift in, in, in humans, and I believe, if you've read uh, the book uh, *Homo Deus* by Yuval uh, Noah Harari, um, he talks about, you know, there was at least five subspecies before Homo sapien. You know, Cro-Magnon, Homo florentis, a variety of these species, and um, the adaptability of Homo sapiens uh, allowed us to win out. Right, so, for example, there's about 2% of our DNA in the human thing that's, that's still left over from Neanderthals. But now we have two divergent aspects that are happening in society. And I like to call it, uh, you know, uh, hom- homo geneticus and homo digitalis. Okay, and homo digitalis is the increasing connectivity we're all, frankly, we're basically cybernetic organisms now because if you leave your phone, it feels like you left your child or your body part. So technology has now become almost integrated. And now I think there's legitimately somewhere around 100,000 known cybernetic organisms, people who are fused with machines in their physiology now. And that's gonna increase exponentially. Now we also have simultaneously people using CRISPR genes, uh, using uh, RNA DNA technology to deliver molecules in the body, which are creating mutations within the DNA itself. We don't know what the consequences of that. And we have an increased uh, reliability. So you see guys like Elon Musk that's saying, well, we have the bandwidth problem of input, so we're going to put Neuralink chip in your head. And there's other companies already doing it. There's people that have this inserted so that we are connected to... um, mathematical algorithms, which are controlled by AI. Okay, so we've got, which is going down that cybernetic, and then, okay, now I've I've determined that I'm gonna use this predictive models to select genetics for my evolution. And if I don't do this, am I going to be competitive in this world, right? Am I gonna be able to keep with the pace of growth and the speed of transaction, which is becoming increasingly difficult because you know, uh, processing power incre- doubles every 18 months. And it has since, since you know, last 60, 70, 60 years or whatever, and it doesn't seem to stop. And then with AI, we have ge- geometric progression that it's, we don't really understand geometric progression. At some point, AI is going to be so infinitely smarter. And, and the point from when it's not as smart as us to the part where it scales up past us is out of our, like, we, we can't conceive of it. So are we gonna become the house cat of AI? Are we going to become cyber, cybernetic organism? Because it, if I'm connected to the internet brain-wise, which is what we're starting to see evolve on a, like a, kind of like an analog dial-up system on a computer. We're really at that dial-up stage where we're interacting with the device. But now we're gonna go to broadband, direct connection to AI mathematical algorithms. Well, If I'm that integrated into the program, how much of me is actually left? Mm -hmm. And then the question is, well, what is me? And if I cut off your arm, are you still you? Sure. And if I cut off your leg, are you still you? Right? Okay, so if I cut off those things, but you're still alive. You're still you. Okay, so you're not your body. Okay, so if I ask you the question, well, do you know, what's your thoughts? Right, you can see your thoughts, you're probably having thoughts if we have this conversation. Some express, some not express. So you're observing your thoughts, you're not your thoughts. You might have emotions, somebody might hear that and say, I don't know that makes me feel good or that's threatening. They're constantly monitoring, so people are monitoring their emotions. Okay, well, we've just established three direct truths that pretty much everybody can acknowledge. I'm not my body, I'm not my thoughts, and I'm not my feelings. Those are all observable phenomena within the individualized consciousness. So if I'm not all those things, what am I? So now we're into an existential type aspect where traditionally religion tried to address that with all the successes and failures that that brought, which emerged science And science has tried to address that issue, hasn't really worked. Politics have tried to address that issue. And now we have some sort of fusion of all of those paradigms compressing to uh, the individual, trying to figure out all those things simultaneously with the emergence of these two disruptive technologies that we don't know what the outcome is, Mm -hmm. right? So it is an existential crisis And I believe that crisis is what's threatening humanity more than anything else.
1: And it's coming. It's here.
0: It's here. It's here now at this moment, right now at this moment, artificial intelligence, mathematical algorithms are fueling what you believe is true.
1: Which is the most powerful thing, right? Because even, even though we don't have a chip in us yet, we have a phone which is having direct influence in our everyday consciousness, yeah. right?
0: These are, we're just, uh, one of my spiritual teachers wrote something 100 years ago, more than 100 years, Yes, yeah, it's more than 100 years ago, and he says, your thoughts are not your own.
1: Now let's chat about something crucial, that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products, as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, It's a quality brand not only just with omegas across their whole line they're extremely transparent every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants and you could check the results for yourself and that's one of my favorite things you can scan the qr code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or in your counter and you can see the results for this quality testing dot com slash drg, you're gonna get 50% off plus all those freebies.
0: In other words, your environment, the beliefs of that environment, what you're subjected to influences you. And we kind of extract from that environment and then we comp you compile that data, emotional data, mental data, physical, like all these sort of things. And we come up with our own version which is a shortcut version to to, to navigate through the world. But now we've expanded that exponentially and then through mathematical algorithm programming for profitability, then that now starts to being compressed so that you now exist in an echo chamber. And that echo chamber is now causing the oppositional division that we now see. And so you have to ask yourself, If we're seeing this much division in the world, is that a program to somebody's benefit? Mm. I would argue that it must be. And somebody or something is creating that for some sort of agenda that you might not be aware of and only through checking into how you feel determines, you know what? Something doesn't feel right. And that's what people have to trust. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to separate from that and come to your own conclusions from within.
1: Which is so powerful because when you are tapped into that feeling and your intuition, Mm -hmm. then you're tapped in, but guess what? When we're on our phones all the time, it's taken us up away so much from our intuition, creating so much tension in the body. And it's so true, like I can start putting up all of these really hateful posts sure inevitably i'll lose all my followers yep. but i'll gain a bunch of followers yep. from that old that community that's right. which are going to validate my new experience and perspective of the world whereas on the other side there could be you know a whole preaching love and connection and spirituality and whatever it may be and that's going to be brought and the division is just it's i feel since 2020 that the division has become more palpable it it feels like something's coming to the surface. Um, I feel it in my body, you know? And um, I would agree with you. It's easy to control the population that is scared and looking for answers. That I know, you know? When when we want a savior, we we automatically look for the first option of saving us. Absolutely. And sometimes it's orchestrated, I get that, man. And I'm glad we we got to talk about that part of the conversation, man. Um, the phone has just been, it's, it's like a love, hate, my work goes through there, but then, you know, it's, if I'm on it too much, the anxiety is real. Well, we have to, we have to
0: call a spade a spade and the spade, the reality is, is if you look at the biochemical dump that occurs from using your phone, it is the equivalent of alcohol or cocaine from a neurochemical addictive behavior. Okay. Now, here's the thing. If you study addiction and I have studied addiction and I've had a, a lot of friends that suffered from addiction and we all have what I would say um, manageable addictions and what we call addiction that isn't manageable, you know, you go to therapy or you dysfunction. you know, that, that becomes a, a, an addiction that is not manageable in life that causes chaos to you or others. Well, let's take the idea of a phone. So now we're having something as powerful as cocaine or alcohol. Would you give your three-year-old or four-year-old child alcohol or cocaine? But how many people give them a phone or an iPad to pacify them? Most. So now in the formative years of development where it's like leaving the liquor cabinet open for the kids to go for it, And I'm not saying that parents are doing anything that they intended to hurt their kids. We just haven't fully grasped. Like I grew up in the area of the 70s. People smoked on planes. There was ashtrays everywhere. Everybody smoked. It was just normal. And then that became not normal, and then that became not acceptable because we understood the consequences. What we have not fully addressed is the consequences of being continuously connected and giving our most precious resource, our youth, access to these super powerful devices that may have unintended biochemical consequences that we couldn't possibly predict before. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's quite possible that we will get to a time when just like the big tobacco companies were sued for intentionally creating addictive aspects to their Products, you know, everybody's they market it to that. I think we could probably enter into a world where digital companies will have to have the same amount of consequence because they have consciously created that addiction in order to create market share.
1: A hundred percent, right? There's, like you said, mathematical algorithms for you to revalidate whatever your perspective is, but also just algorithms, the way you see things, the way you like things, it, it's sort of like how do you know that this is a preference you know of mine but it's right here in front of me and then the color palette that i it's there's a for me a super conscious element to those algorithms that i just don't understand because it is tailored after years right to you
0: well let's just take your phone and and for anyone listening to this I i would encourage them to do this take something that they've never heard of or no experience like very little you could say whatever it doesn't matter like uh um Elephants painting Mm -hmm. and just stay by your phone or stay by your devices or your, your Apple connected devices or your Amazon speaker and just for a little bit, talk about elephants painting. Elephants painting, did you see the elephant painting? I was looking for an elephant that paints. Boy, that elephant that paints. Do that a bunch of times and watch your feed on your phone over the next 48 to 72 hours and see what happens. I guarantee there's gonna be a feed in your YouTube channel that says elephants painting. You're gonna see an elephant painting in India or something like that. Yeah. And then try it with something else. And try don't just take my word for it. Try it with three or four, five, six things and start seeing that algorithm change. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a second. Is this my thoughts? Is this my feeling? And how is that impacting my body? And so we have to take a responsibility to the inputs in our life because that's going to determine our outputs in life.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%, right? Because if you're coming from a place where you feel in alignment with those thoughts and feelings, you're able to show up very differently in life. Yeah. But I, I love that test, man. You don't know the amount of times where I picked up my phone and I was like, that's weird. That's that. How did that Correct. happen? Multiple, like many, actually. Yeah. Um, but you, you mentioned about getting into your, getting into your body, your feelings, uh, getting in tune with that intuition. What are some things that we can do viewers and listeners if we don't know, even know how to approach that?
0: Well, first I think we have to recognize that we're addicted, that there's a problem. All of us, like, I'm addicted to sugar because I was given sugar as a kid. We, everybody in my generation got addicted to sugar. This, you know, it's just part and parcel of, 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 of dealing with that and all the health consequences of that are recognized. So people have to realize is they're addicted to their technology, okay? And so, going cold turkey on that though is not really an option. For most people, mm-hmm. right? Because it's so integrated in our society. So first you gotta put confines on what you do. Like China just start cutting off social media at 10 o'clock at night. Wow. They can do that in a dictatorship, but they're starting to recognize that this is destroying the young part of it. I'm not an advocate for uh, the Chinese model of uh, management, mm-hmm. right, of a population or government. Mm-hmm. I'm, not a, I'm not a fan. I want to be clear about that. Many of our big tech companies are. I see. Okay, so that's an issue. So first we need to curtail the amount of time and then we need to replace some of that time when we were on our phone with something that's going to reconnect us with awareness in ourselves. Mindfulness, meditation, contemplation, things that involve connection with our partner, with spirituality, so... These challenges that we've had have um, persisted throughout time for thousands of years, right? Since time and more. I mean, you read the Vedas and the Upanishads. It's all very clear back then that life is an illusion and it's basically the matrix. I mean, they're basically talking about the matrix 10,000 years ago, right? Uh, The Bhagavad Gita, these things, and the various religious texts talks about, uh, identifies the enemy as like a satan or a lucifer that which creates an illusion Mm. and now we are living in a digital illusion of some nature and so we need to identify and recognize that and we need to be able to interact with it almost like carl Jung talked about dealing with our shadow not letting our shadow consume us but being have enough humility to recognize the shadow is part of us okay and the only way that you're able to clearly see that is to create some sort of mindfulness practice where you're disconnected from those elements so that one can become aware of that which is in herself. And I would recommend that for most people, they're gonna need some sort of guidance around that to just break the chain. You know, like if you go to an addiction group, you, you, you get a sponsor, there's a set of principles, but you got a sponsor to help you identify that. You need a coach, you need an information, you need something like that to manage that mm-hmm. world. I would highly suggest that. And that's gonna be the start of your journey uh, into yourself. And when you get into your little self, then you can identify with the big self, which is pervasive through anybody.
1: Yeah, man, I've, I've, I really resonate with that because the phone is the very thing that takes me away from myself. Mm-hmm. It's it's. You don't know how many times I like took extra time on my phone or even laptop And then I was like, oh, I'm tired. I should just like shower, wind down and go to sleep. And I'm like, oh, but I was supposed to meditate for an hour, you know? And and like it always, it it, it takes precedence, especially the more you're on it. It's cumulative. And I like the part you said about cold turkey because for most people, we ain't going to be able to put the phone down and just walk away and go, okay, now I'm ready for a new way of life. It's become so integrated in every single day where, you know, you do that for a day and then you realize how much you needed it for, delivering food, doing a transaction online, you know, calling someone up, and then going on Instagram, if, especially if you work from there. So um, I have a lot of compassion for people who have that difficulty, um, but you know what I notice? The limitation, I have a buzzer that goes on my phone that tells me you've been on social media for an hour and a half, two hours, just to let you know, and then it's in my head that I should probably push back, and then at the end of the week, I check how much time I've been, or at the end of the day, and then all the way to Sunday, how much time and on average the whole week was. And I try, it's crazy, I try to keep it under five hours. Five hours is still a lot of time, but it used to be up to like eight, nine hours. So, uh, but what I notice is I'm much more focused, much more, there is a usually an internal anxious buzzing that's low grade. Mm-hmm. And now I just feel kind of like the, the the internal volume has come down just by separating from that. And then sometimes the last thing I do is I keep the, Red light, you know, I know that you, you, you can do red light on the phone, um, sort of like a blue blocker for the phone. Sometimes I ha- have it during the day even, so my, my eyes aren't connecting to that blue light all day, or, or I'll just put the glasses on. But um, how, have, how are ways that you keep your distance uh, or, or integrate that in a healthy way? Well, I think I don't know,
0: I wanna be clear, I don't always succeed at that. Yeah. Right? A lot of us So don't. I want, I, you know, part of when I'm communicating this is I'm not communicating myself as some sort of authority that's figured it out. I'm communicating it as a vulnerability that I struggle with as someone who didn't even grow up in that world and I don't profess that I have a level of proficiency and I have even a deeper empathy for those who have grown up into it, right? So I'm sharing something that I just think is is obvious for me and I I don't necessarily have the solutions to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think many of us fantasize about just throwing it all away and living on an island, right? And then other, uh, other members say, you know, I wanna just be booted in, right? Yeah. Right, and so I can keep going. Yeah. And I think if we took a cross-section of the population, we'd have some sort of standard distribution between those with some people truly opting out and some people putting the Neuralink chip in, chip mm. chip in right? So, Somewhere
1: in the middle. Too. So
0: I can't say, that I've figured it all out, nor can I say that this is what my absolute is. I would say that I'm moving in an area to decouple more and more from this, especially now as I get older. You know, your most precious resource is your time. And when you get my age, you start to see life differently in that you recognize is that, well, you know, time goes by much faster than we think. And sooner or later, you're sitting on the other side of youth. And that creates an instant change of perspective and values. And so in my own life, I like to disconnect from the phone in the evening. When I'm dealing with people, I put my phone, I don't, like, I get my phone away from me. I turn it down. I don't see the text messages and all yeah, I don't respond quickly to the phone. I see the phone as a connection device when I need it and I don't do it. And I'm in the process of decoupling more and more and more from it. My most favorite thing to use technology from is to connect with people. Like I like doing my Zoom calls with my team because they're all over the world. So it's not as good as for in person, but it, is, it allows us to deal with that. Yeah. and I do get that feedback. Um, just recently, with my executive vice president, who I brought in to help me with this, um, we're steering into more physical meetings where we're in person exchanging. And now I'm starting to move meetings out of the house because I have a live work studio. It's like, okay, can I can I go down to Bulletproof and meet you down there? Yeah, yeah. And by going to that community, at like you know, I'll go hang out at Bulletproof and I'll go hang out at Ear One. And I'll start chatting with people. And I make a point of talking to people in the real world, yeah. right? Like I sit down in Bulletproof and it's like, hey, how you doing, right? What are you eating? You know, what's that, you know, like, and what's interesting is how much people light up. There is, there is, there is just a response, you, you see their whole being because they, even though they're on their phone connected, they're starving from that this frequency exchange you cannot get in a digital world Mm -hmm. and it's awesome and so i'm encouraging more people to spend time doing that and i think we're going to see um d-tech parties and what i mean is you're going to come into a place and everybody's got to put their phones away right you come in here phones stay at the door you pick them up and i went to neurofeedback training. And at neurofeedback training, uh, go to BioCybernet four years in, put the phone away. When you come in the door, you pick it up when you leave. Mm. And that sense of presence brings you back to an ancestral state. Mm. And you go, wow, man, this is, you you go through the FOMO for a day or two, and "Ah, I can't handle this, and then it's like,
1: oh.
0: (laughs) Feels nice, right? Feels, like you feel the the energy of the nervous system starting to calm. Mm So self-regulating that is um, of imperative performance because there's variance intolerance.
1: And I love those recommendations because they're easy, right? Mm-hmm. How many of us take meetings, or how many of us you don't have to take a meeting, just be in public. And I agree with you. I've spoke to strangers out of nowhere, and it's like the smile, but like I swear, like they have more color on their face. Their yeah. eyes, like kind of, I'm like, whoa. Uh, you know, just ask about your food, but let's talk a little bit and and we are starved for that. You can see it's like someone presses like the refresh button and we're like, yeah, I'm alive now. I'm connecting for real. I love the idea of putting your phone away. I love being hyper-present. We had an um, episode with my friend here, and she said, uh, her friend, her name's Blue, and she goes, one of the best gifts you can give someone is full attention. Correct. Full presence, right? So uh, part of it is like, where's my phone? Can I put it away? And let's really be here together in this conversation. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, any exciting projects you have coming up for yourself? I know that you're a busy guy. It took a while to get you here. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> neighbors, basically. And we're neighbors. But, uh, and I'm gonna come for a workout, too. Beautiful. Uh, but any, any exciting projects you have coming down the pipeline for yourself?
0: Well, we got a couple things that's, um, I think, fun and exciting. We, uh, we're one of the few supplement companies that has a uh, relationship with the university, so uh, Birch International University, we have I think now 13 people working for us on staff over there who are developing a vast array of research experiments to increase the efficacy of our products. So for example, you can add certain vitamins and minerals to bacteria cultures and they'll produce different neurotransmitters and antioxidants and all these things. And so you can actually feed these organisms and change their profile, you get them to uh, colonize, better. there's all kinds of things that you can do. So we're, we're, we believe, and our head researcher is a PhD in microbiome technology, that we're heading into the post-antibiotic age within the next 10 to 20 years. And what that means is, is we're so dependent on antibiotics for surgery, and we, we forget what it was like before. go read some books about what life was like without penicillin and these things. Well, now that's increased exponentially. So we're on the cutting edge of developing anti or a or, or probiotic technology that will replace the kind of dirty bombs of antibiotics. So mm. it, it's kind of antibiotics to me is a dirty technology that you know you drop a bomb in a place and you destroy everything. Yeah, and yeah. we Nuclear. live in a symbiotic relationship with these organisms, and so we need to recultivate awareness about that and help support those organisms so that we can support ourselves. That's one project which is ongoing, and that's exciting. Um, our we we have a sub brand called Neutopia, which has been growing exponentially, and you know it's 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 a constant battle to meet up with demands. It's the first uh, mass marketed customized nootropic system. In other words, we ad- we identify what your neurochemical dominance is what you may be depleted in and what you may be deficient in and have an array of offerings that you customize on a month-to-month basis to meet your cognitive needs, whether you want to have social fluency, whether you want to have a deep focus, whether you want to have a lucid kind of um, flow states mm. or some combination of that, we're able to actually provide the array of neurochemicals which you might be depleted or deficient in to expand your capabilities and awareness—that's really exciting. That's been a really fun project for us, and I'm super pumped about what that's doing for people. And you know, people who struggled with focus can now stay focused for hours. People who didn't have an array of certain feelings or emotions now have access to those in a, in a new way. That's that's really really fun. Um, we're really my business partner is someone who's struggled with sleep, and. Um, we're coming out with a sleep system mm. which which again is customizable based on your individual chemistry so it's not one product it's I'm actually like it. a combination that you we teach people exactly how to regulate for themselves to improve their sleep um, that's 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 a fun project they were involved we've got the bio tribe which started which was an extension of our customer service so one of the things when you talk about tribe is one of the demands that our customers had is they wanted an increased connectivity with Matt and myself and the company to to answer a a wide array of questions that weren't really related to our products. And when I originally started out this company back in 04, that was in the days of boards. And I used to spend four hours on the boards answering questions. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of my best friends lives down in Orange County he was one of the original guys on the boards that we met through the internet and developed a friendship. And so it seems like this whole tribal cons- community, we just started this recently, and I we got like 1,500 people or something in this mm-hmm. thing. And the quality of the communication is in there, and there's a lot of really smart people who are directly answering questions from people. So now there's a community emergence. Cool. So that's really neat. Uh, really excited about that project. We're now moving into retail. i going to the Anaheim show here coming up in yes, a couple weeks. Yes, yeah, I'll be there too. We, we haven't really done, retail has been sort of a side, like it just happens organically, but we're putting directives on that. And uh, those are some of the the products, like or the projects I can discuss. I love that. And then, we've, and then um, we've got a book coming out next year. Cool. And the goal of the book is to eliminate It's essentially the grand universal theory of diet that will eliminate the dietary tribalism that we see there. Like Matt's a ketogenic, my business partner's a ketogenic guy, I'm a plant guy. And You go, how do you guys run a company together? It's because we don't see ourselves as adversaries. We find the common elements of us and the individualization. And I think that's where, if we get this technology thing right, we'll be able to see that there's more things that makes us common and the variance that's different is not something to fear or to condemn. It's a thing to experience and enjoy. Mm. And that's the big opportunity that hopefully humanity can make the leap for.
1: Ooh, I'm hoping for that, man. I'm
0: hoping for that
1: too. I, I love that. You have uh, tons of projects. It sounds like some top secret ones we can't know about yet. Yeah, that's right. But I'm excited for it. I really enjoyed our conversation, especially because it's so relevant. and. I, myself, am on my phone, people are on their phone. Um, Even touching on the importance of community as a really, really big aspect, even tying it with the phone, it was just very nourishing for me, and I know the listeners, uh, about how we can get back to ourselves, because really that's what life is about, is coming back to yourself, getting back in your body, and, and showing up from that place without all those distractions. So um, I feel very inspired after our convo, man. (laughs) One more thing
0: I forgot to mention. What's up? I can't believe I forgot to mention because we're talking about physical community. So I'm starting Wake Up Los Angeles uh, in association with a a wake-up group. There's one in Inland Empire. There's one in Orange County. I think there's another one starting in San Diego. And so our goal is to create a, physical environment, we just had one on Wednesday night down in OC, it was great. It is, uh, there's probably about 150 people there who are into this space, and to producing health and vitality and there was companies there mm-hmm. and people in there and speakers and just getting around and pressing the flesh and having conversations with real people in the real world and you walk into that place and something happens mm. and you remember what it's like to be a human. So we're gonna be doing Wake Up Los Angeles I'm here, there. and uh, I'd love to have you over I'll to that. I'll be there, event, man. It'll be really fun. I'll be yeah, there. Yeah, So I'll, I'll give you the deets. You can come over for our preliminary uh, hangout, which is gonna be right next door to you, so it's yeah. easy to get to. And then um, we're, we plan on expanding that in a really big way here in Los Angeles, because I think it, in bigger cities, the, the need to bring tight communities together are really important so people don't fall into the traps of you know, self-destruction.
1: For sure. Which is the most empowering uh, approach and message out there for all of us? Thank you, man, for yeah, coming man. on the show. It's a, it's an honor to be working with BioOptimizers for so long, and you guys are t- top tier, man. Thank you for all the people who are listening, not viewing. I did the thumbs up. Or I did the thumbs up and the a okay. You know, I feel good about it, man. Uh, love to have you back on. But in the meantime, just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. All right, we light heart everyone. All right, fantastic interview with Wade. Uh, Like I said, the phone can be such a major source of addiction for so many of us, but in any case, we can be empowered to have a better relationship with it as we learned. If you haven't reviewed, rated or subscribed to Heal Thyself, I really highly urge you to support the show. It really means a lot. And because of you, the show will grow more and more. As always, thank you for taking the time out of your life and joining the Heal Thyself Show. With all the love and gratitude, of the Pacific Ocean. I send it to you all. I'll see you next week.